you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Wide open touchdown, Rob Gronkowski. This guy is going to be scary good. It's Cam Newton up the middle, accelerates, dives, penetrates the goal line. Cam Newton with his 13th rushing touchdown of the year. Ray Rice straight ahead looking for a seam. He's got one down to the one. Touchdown! If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live. Featuring the experts of NFL.com. Tim Tebow to the end zone. Two-point conversion. Successful. They'll have to name this town after him if he keeps this up. Vincent Jackson in the end zone. 35 yards. Here are your hosts, Michael Fabiano and Elliot Harrison. NFL Fantasy Live. Series 210 XM87. I'm Elliot Harrison, joined by NFL.com fantasy editor, Michael Fabiano. Fabs, what's going on, man? Fantasy playoff time, my man. It's ready to put up or shut up in fantasy football. So, What would you say, fantasy playoff time for 92% of leagues out there? Most of them. Yeah, if you go into week 15, I'm in a league where the playoffs don't start until week 15 and it goes two weeks. Typically, and on NFL.com managed, it's all 14, 15, and 16. So it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty, my friend. And you are in eight leagues, and hey, according to you... You think I'm you, lying? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't, because I know how what detailed records you keep. You yeah, made it in all eight. Made it in all eight, but because I'm in eight leagues, I'm inevitably going to have to play someone that I'm playing. Uh, maybe I win one or two. It's tough, because... I own everyone. I have everyone. So it's hard if to know I'm who play, to root for. I have Aaron Rodgers in the Sirius XM League, and I'm going to be playing against Aaron Rodgers in another league that I'm in. So that's just the way that it is in the fan fantasy land, and I'm not complaining because it's fun playing in eight leagues. This is the fewest amount of leagues that I've played in since I got back into this business in 2000. So one year I had 18. That was insane. That, that's, that's that was just, just crazy. Yeah. So well, we got a lot to get to today. We're going to have Kurt Warner. On the show coming up uh, after the first the break. The Warner Machine, one of the greatest fantasy quarterbacks of our generation. Now, I could have really messed with some of our older listeners and say it's the former Seahawks running back. Yeah. Remember, remember hey, him? I do remember him. Great yeah. player. Yeah. 
Great player. He was Kurt Warner before Kurt Warner was Kurt Warner. He was Kurt Warner before Kurt Warner was Kurt Warner. And the original Kurt Warner would have been more well-known if he hadn't come out the same year that Dan Marino and Eric Dickerson did. And he was real injury-prone, too. Oh, uh, He was. He hurt his, tore his knee up uh, for the Seattle Seahawks his second year. Yep. But we're going to get into Kurt Warner, of course, the former Rams, Giants, and Cardinals. Let's forget about the Giants. Let's, yeah, forget Just about Rams the Giants. Just Rams and Cardinals. Just Rams and Cardinals. So we'll talk to Kurt. And we're going to get into a little bit of uh, playoff strategy. Now, I know everyone has a different methodology. We're going to get in that when we go to the Fantasy Cantina at the top of the... The Cantina uh, is back, second and it's here hour. to stay, my friends. You love the Fantasy Cantina. You don't You don't love it? I do love you it. You love it. I do love it. And, uh, of course, I'm going to throw out a couple random questions to our callers, and you are welcome to call in, as always. And for right now, we're going to go through some headlines, as we always do, at the top of the show. And we're going to start with Miles Austin practicing. Looks like he's going to come back this week, and he's got a great matchup against the Giants, who have just given up a boatload of fantasy points to wide receivers, especially lately. Laron Robinson did not practice with a shoulder. Don't know how serious it is. I would expect that he'll be back in time for Sunday, but this brings up sort of a conundrum for fantasy owners. Do you start Austin? Do you start Robinson? Do you start both? Do you start neither? And my advice would be if you held on to Miles Austin, you didn't hold on to him to keep him on your bench, especially in a matchup that looks like it could be a shootout on Sunday night. And LaRon Robinson's got seven touchdowns in six games, and I don't see any reason why you can't play him as a three. Yeah, well, with this matchup being the Giants' secondary playing the way it does, you saw what the Packers did to him. But it's not just the Packers that have done that to the Giants this year. I, I'm a little concerned about LaRon Robinson because he's been seeing single coverage for weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, on NFL Fantasy Live, on NFL Network today, Jason Smith referenced the numbers when he was in the lineup and Austin was in the lineup. But one of those games, Austin left in the first quarter. And Austin had 50-plus yards before injuring himself. Right. So he was on pace to have a monster day. Romo and Austin have a great rapport. They do. A great rapport. And I wouldn't be surprised if Austin is actually the best fantasy receiver in the next three weeks for the Cowboys. But there's a lot of talent there. And you're referencing there because of the matchups. Excuse me. They've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Saturday. That's a great matchup. Great matchup. And then they have the Philadelphia Eagles at Jerry World uh, in Week 16. Right, and then 17, which is basically the dead week for fantasy. They play the Giants. As a Cowboys fan, and you're a Cowboys fan too, and we're not going to talk too much real football here, but I am really worried about the Cowboys, man. I'm really worried about them. This is a game that the the Cowboys typically lose. So I'm waiting for them to walk the plank, as it were. Well, obviously last week's game got a lot of attention, and we might talk about that in the fantasy cantina. I don't want to predict too much of the future here, but it's going to be really hard to avoid that topic. But just one more note on LaRon Robinson. It's easy to look at a guy's fantasy production when the starter's not in there, but mm-hmm. let's be honest. Miles Austin, Des Bryant, and Jason Witten are 1-2-3 and three in that offense. Yep. And I'm not saying LaRon Robinson hasn't been great, but and by the way, LaRon Robinson didn't practice today. He hurt his shoulder right. in that game against the Cardinals. Right. And uh, on the other side of the ball, neither Ahmad Bradshaw nor Brandon Jacobs was able to practice today. But I think that's more for Bradshaw just resting the foot and for Jacobs maybe just getting him a day of rest and both should be active against the Cowboys. Jacobs I'm a little worried about in terms of starting him as anything more than a flex, and even that's a risk. Bradshaw, who really did nothing for you from a fantasy perspective last week, I think even if he's just a flex, you play Bradshaw uh, against the Cowboys. Again, you throw defensive stats, 
offensive stats out the window when the Cowboys and the Giants play because it's going to be a barn burner. Eli's going to have a great game. You're going to see Nix and Cruz put up good numbers. Romo's going to have a good game. I think Eli's thrown 10 touchdowns in his last four games against the Pokes. That is correct. Uh, he has been very good since 2009. Obviously, the Giants went in there and, and beat the Cowboys when they opened up that stadium. Giants beat the Cowboys at Cowboys Stadium last year. That's the game that uh, Tony Romo broke his collarbone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you'll recall, late in the year, the Cowboys went in there with John Kitna, went to the New Meadowlands, and actually beat the Giants. Uh, as far as the numbers you referenced, the Cowboys' run defense has actually been pretty solid. They're ninth overall in the NFL. They did get killed by LaShawn McCoy during that Sunday night massacre. I don't know yeah. how good a matchup this is for Bradshaw and Jacobs, being that they're dinged up. I actually like the matchup better for Victory Cruz mm-hmm. and Akeem Nix. Terrence Newman has not been playing well. He'll probably be on Akeem Nix. He's a bum. Yeah, if you're a Keem Nix owner, you absolutely yeah, do you, not sit him for any reason. No I don't care who you have on your team. I don't care if you're in an eight-team league. Yeah. Speaking of the NFC East, you've also got Michael Vick coming back this week. Jeremy Macklin looked like he's going to come back as well. Um, but they've got a tough matchup. I know. And if you have, if you picked up Tebow, or if you picked up Newton after Week One, or you picked up Carson Palmer when he was traded to the Raiders. I think those are three quarterbacks that, logista, that legitimately you can start over Michael Vick. But if we're talking real terms here, who's got Vick and you know Breeze, or who's got Vick and uh, Eli Manning? I, you're not going to have both of those guys uh, in most leagues. Maybe you have Vick, Say, and Stafford. Because Stafford was a middle-round pick. Vic was drafted early. You're going to start Stafford. I still think Vic is probably a top-10 fantasy quarterback. But remember, in the two games before, he was hurt. Nine fantasy points in each. Failed to score double digits. Not the same player he was last season. So again, I'm not getting cute and starting Rex Grossman over Vic because he's got a great matchup against the Patriots. But I think there are realistically at least two or three quarterbacks that you could have along with Vic on your roster that you should start ahead of him. You know, what's interesting is uh, several weeks ago on NFL Fantasy Live, the week that I went down uh, to do the Texans hit with Joel Dreesen, mm-hmm. uh, my buddy was getting married, and he had that exact situation that you're talking about, Michael Vick and Matt Stafford on his roster, and he submitted fantasy feedback. That's where you can actually upload a video on NFL.com and ask us a question, and we'll answer it on NFL Fantasy Live on the network. And his question was, okay, I drafted Vick. Got him in the first round, and I got Stafford later in the in the draft. Who do I trade? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't on the show because I was on the road, and I told him personally, I said, I, I would deal Vic. Mm-hmm. And I think that they told him on the show when he uh, submitted his video to, to deal Stafford, that clearly was the wrong move because Vic, as we suspected, Fabs got hurt because of his style of play. And that's the thing that I told I told a lot of people in the preseason, don't overvalue Vic. It's a magical season. That happens so often when a player comes out of nowhere, and Vic did come out of nowhere. I mean, the guy's been in jail for the last couple of years and didn't barely play uh, football. So he came out of the clink. Had a, he came out of the clink, becomes the starter, has a huge, huge season last year, and everyone's all up in Michael Vick. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. This year, he's been a major disappointment. Uh, speaking of disappointments, uh, Mike, uh, Mark Ingram has not been one the last couple of weeks for the Saints, but Jeff Duncan on his Twitter page from the Times-Picayune says he's got turf toe. Didn't practice today. Oh, that's a, that's that is a, a bad injury. injury for a running back. And good news if you have Darren Sproles and Pierre Thomas. Bad news if you have Mark Ingram. You're going to have to keep tabs on his status throughout the week because 
turf toe or on a running turf toe on anybody. Turf toe ended Deion Sanders' career. So the first time, the first time, right? So there is turf um, toe ended Larry Zonka's career. It ended <clears throat> Jack Lambert's career. That's the three Hall of Famers we just rattled off. There's some right there's there. some worry now with Mark Ingram. So you're going to have to keep tabs on his status, and he's been good. If, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he scored in the last two weeks. So Ingram has been seeing an increase in value after not being what a lot of people thought he would be. Darren Sproles is now the best fantasy back in New Orleans, but Ingram held out of practice today with turf toe, so keep tabs on his status. Yeah, interesting thing about Mark Ingram, and this is a little off the fantasy track, but I talked to Darren Sharper yesterday, former Saints safety, former Packers safety, former Vikings safety, to ask what he thought of a potential NFC Championship uh, matchup between the Packers and Saints. Uh, right now, if the if you know, everything holds to form, the Saints would have to play the Niners in the playoffs and then go to Lambeau. And Sharper and I both agreed, Fabs, that if the Saints are going to beat the Packers, they've got to run the football mm-hmm. to limit Aaron Rodgers, especially on the road. You'd like to see Mark Ingram from a reality and a fantasy standpoint at these back few games, back stretch of the season, get more carries. No doubt about it. And Darren Sproles, to me, has been one of the best bargains in fantasy land. He wasn't even drafted in a lot of leagues. And if he was drafted, it was more in PPR formats. But he has been extremely good. Uh, and what's funny is that Reggie Bush is the player that he replaced in New Orleans, a player who clearly had the upside but never did anything, and Sproles takes off and has run with the opportunity. But it's funny to see Reggie Bush now, (laughs) who I didn't like this year because he's always hurt, has really settled into a featured role. He's running between the tackles more. He's making plays. He's scoring touchdowns. Reggie Bush has been, lately, because early in the year it was Daniel Thomas and neither one of those guys was great, Reggie Bush has been a very pleasant surprise, and he's playing the Eagles this weekend, and their run defense is terrible. They've given up uh, the seventh most fantasy points to running backs, so I think if you've got Reggie Bush, regardless if it's PPR or standard, you roll with him. I agree. The interesting thing, uh, Reggie Bush, he did have some fantasy value his first few years because of his involvement in the passing game. I think yep. he caught 83 or 88 balls he, his first year. Yeah, PPR guy. Or, or if you got points on returns. He mm-hmm. helped you that way, but uh, you know Reggie Bush has been a huge surprise. You feel like taking a caller? I always want to take. Well, callers. we have a holdover. Caller I always want to from, take callers from the last show. John sure. in Nebraska has been hanging out, so John, we are here for you. What do you got? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. No sure. worries. Uh, quick question: PPR league. I need four receivers out of the five. I have Jennings, Macklin, Floyd, Julio Jones, and AJ Green. The two no-brainers here, A.J. Green and Jennings, those guys are definitely going to be starting for you. I'd keep tabs on Macklin, and Floyd had a great game last week. I don't trust that he's going to be consistent enough to do that every week. Uh, I'm actually confident that he won't. Julio Jones has been banged up. He's been all or nothing lately. If Macklin's active, I'm playing him as my three there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, Malcolm Floyd had, I think, 16 points. Big game. Uh, against the Jags, I'm sitting him. Uh, I, I don't trust Malcolm Floyd. Uh, he's just not the same ilk of these other guys. Reality sense and, in my opinion, fantasy sense. And I'll tell you, Jeremy Macklin, that is a tough matchup against the Dolphins. I don't see a huge game. But how bad would you feel if you started Malcolm Floyd and Jeremy Macklin had 18 points? Yeah, and, and Macklin's a good a good wideout, and Vic has, a, has definitely developed a very good rapport with him, so... Start him definitely over Deshaun Jackson, who I, I can get on my soapbox and talk about how Deshaun Jackson is absolutely one of the most overrated players in fantasy football. Uh, a guy who has not only 
seemingly quit on his team. There was a couple of plays against the Seahawks that we watched that that looked bad. It, it looked really it, bad. It made him look bad. And if you look at his numbers too, from a fantasy perspective, Deshaun Jackson has averaged four point seven fantasy points in his last six games. That doesn't include Week Ten, where he missed a meeting and Reed put him on the pine. Right. And he's had how many hundred yard games lately? None. None. Uh, he he's so overrated. He, Great. Return man on special teams, playmaker. He's when an exciting talking, player, but, he, but he's not he's a productive a fantasy. Catch, he's, he's a 60-catch guy. He had one really good year. I believe he had nine touchdowns. I wouldn't play him this week if I could help it. I I might actually play Toby Gerhardt over him this week in one of my leagues if AD is not active. Well, we're going to have to break here, but a little shameless plug. Uh, when you reference that we watched that game, you and I are both on the NFL.com live coverage mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday night. If you don't have NFL Network... You need to get it, but if you don't have it, you can catch the Thursday night game, which is uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh this Thursday on mm-hmm. NFL.com Live. We can't show you the whole game, but we can show you live look-ins, and it's pretty cool. We've got uh, Fabs and Jason Smith doing a fantasy angle. Uh, Kurt Warner, myself, and Jamie Dukes do kind of the reality angle, and then we have Bucky Brooks always doing a great job breaking down plays. And speaking of Kurt Warner, he's coming up. He's coming up, so we are going to take a break right now. Stay with us, NFL Fantasy Live, and we will be back in a couple minutes. NFL Fantasy Live, Series 210 XM 87, and we would love to hear from you guys out there. Phone number is 888-963-2682. We think all you callers are cool, and no offense, but we have an extra cool caller on the line right now. Kurt Warner, who is one of the best fantasy quarterbacks of our generation and definitely a part of the growth of the popularity of fantasy football with the greatest show on turf with one of our other colleagues, Marshall Falk and Tory Holt. Uh, Kurt, we are pleased and uh, welcome you here to NFL Fantasy Live. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Am I actually doing a show for fantasy football? Really? Uh, this is this is my first step, Kurt, in your transition from reality to fantasy. I'm going to get you into at least one league next year, maybe have the kids get involved in it, and Kurt... You're going to be asking me week in and week out, do I start Eli Manning this week, or maybe do I go with Kevin Cobb? How well, about that? We'll, we'll see. But <laughs> I, I know if you can get my kids involved, that that, uh, that pressure I probably won't be able to handle very well because I, uh, I know they're excited about it. And they talk about it all the time, and they actually watch you guys' show, and as you guys know. So uh, they are starting to get into it as they uh, enjoy football more and more. And so I'm afraid that um, you guys might be able to put a little pressure on me, but if you can, if you can get them, then, uh, then I'll probably have to take that, that, that jump. We're going. Well, we're we're going to get him. Well, Kurt, I, I just want to know what Jim Hannafin and Ricky Prohl would think of Fabs calling you one of the greatest fantasy quarterbacks of all time. Isn't that the truth? You know, Hannah, <laughs> Hannah would just laugh and roll his eyes and probably say a few things that we couldn't repeat on the air. <laughs> um, you know, because you know, guys that play, uh, we don't really think so much about fantasy football and about stats. We think about winning and losing, and that's it. And uh, I can tell you it's probably the uh, – the most comments that I got when I was playing was that exact thing. You know, you helped me win my fantasy league, or you're doing great for me, or I need a big week from you, you know, for my fantasy team. And so it was amazing, um, you know, how it started to take over my last few years of playing and uh, how everybody 
was so connected to it and that, you know, that sometimes they didn't even care if you won or lost. They just wanted to know that you were going to put up, you know, so many fantasy points so you could help them, especially come playoff time. I think that's the big thing that the purists take away, that they don't like fantasy football because it makes you less of a fan of your own team and you're more of a fan of players. But I don't know, Kurt, I would kind of argue that let's let's take Michael Jordan into uh, consideration here, right? No one was a Bulls fan. They all love Michael Jordan, so they became Bulls fans. So I think fantasy has just helped boom the popularity of the National Football League because, I, Kurt, I had you on several fantasy teams, and you were fantastic. But as a Cowboys fan, I wasn't really paying attention to the St. Louis Rams or the Arizona Cardinals per se as much as I would pay attention to the Cowboys and the NFC East teams. But when I had you on my team, you know, right, I'm paying attention to the Cardinals and what Kurt's doing even back to your days with the Rams so what kind of impact do you think fantasy's made on the NFL? Because to me, it's been a real positive one. Well, I mean, I think there's a couple ways to look at it. And I think the first thing that I think of is when you talk about popularity, now you're talking about people that aren't necessarily diehard football fans. You know, they didn't grow up in a town with a, a football team or grow up, uh, you know, with their black and, and gold on or whatever it might have been. But because it's become so popular, now you find those individuals watching on Sundays, and they don't have an affiliation to any particular team, but they watch and they get to know our game and they fall in love with our game and they enjoy the competitiveness that is fantasy football. And then, as you mentioned, I think you have the other side of it where um, it may make you more in tune to other teams, but it's funny because you know you sit down uh, and I talk about it just when I'm on the Sunday morning show, and we actually pick games every week, not not fantasy players, but we're just picking games. And I find myself watching games completely differently than than I had before. You know, now I'm looking and saying, okay, I want the team that I pick to win, even though I don't really want them to win. You know, that week, or you know, I have an affiliation to another team, and so I think you have that dynamic as well. Like you said, you're having people tune into all these different games and watching their different players, and and it doesn't become always about winning and losing. Or hey, I want this team to win, but I need this guy to give me a hundred yards, or I need this guy to throw me three touchdowns. And so, yeah, I does I do think it changed the dynamic of how games are played, and it brings a lot more people to the table than just a diehard football fan. You know, Kurt, I referenced Jim Hannafin earlier, and for some of our younger listeners who don't know Jim Hannafin, he was the former head coach of the St. Louis Cardinals. He was Kurt's offensive line coach uh, with St. Louis, uh, the Rams. And it's interesting with those two franchises talking about offensive line, Kurt, because two of the biggest fantasy disappointments at quarterback have been Kevin Cobb in Arizona and Sam Bradford in St. Louis. They've been terrible. But if you go to sacks allowed this year, Arizona sits there at 31st. They've allowed 41 sacks. Sam Bradford, 43 sacks. What do you, what do you make of that? How much do you put that on, on Cobb and Bradford not knowing protections, and how much is that just shoddy offensive line play, and how important is that? Well, you know, all, always those things can be a variety of, of different reasons. And, you know, you can point at specifically the quarterback and not making the right decisions or holding on to the ball too long. You can point specifically at the offensive line and say, okay, they're allowing quick pressure. But as a quarterback and knowing the game, there's sometimes there's other factors. You know, sometimes, you know, I look at St. Louis, and, and now they have Brandon Lloyd. But before they had Brandon Lloyd, they didn't really have anybody uh, from a receiver standpoint that you would say, oh, my gosh, you know, they're getting open every time down the field. You know, they didn't right. have a bunch of playmakers. And so that's an added dimension to this whole process. And it's the same in Arizona. Yeah, they have Larry Fitzgerald. 
But who do they have beyond Larry Fitzgerald? I mean, who, who's the next guy on? I mean, do they have another guy that's on a fantasy team from a receiver standpoint? Probably not, because uh, they don't have the guys that oftentimes can separate or get open or that you can count on in every situation. And so, um, you know, I think that's the thing that you have to look at when you're looking at the game as an, as an analyst or even when you're looking at fantasy football is that, hey, I really like this quarterback, you know, Sam Bradford. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league. But if you don't have the players around him, no matter how good he is, he's not going to be able to have that continual and consistent success. And I think that's exactly what you're seeing with Kevin Cobb and with Sam Bradford, that it's a combination of really all those things working together, and they haven't been able to get over the hump. All right, Kerr, let's stick with the quarterback position and someone that you've definitely heard me talk about on NFL Live on Thursday nights, and that's Tim Tebow, and you did a fantastic interview with him on NFL Network recently. Tebow, is he the most polarizing player in the NFL in the last decade or so? Because people don't like his mechanics, they don't like how he plays, but he's one. He's what five and one, six, six and one six with the Broncos one. as the quarterback. And of course, you know me looking at the fantasy angle of it. He's averaging eighteen fantasy points a game in his last four or five games. He's been phenomenal. Talk a little bit about Tim Tebow, uh, both from a reality standpoint and what you like about him from a fantasy perspective. Well, I mean, I think, like you said, first of all, it's polarizing anytime you have a guy that is unconventional. Um, you know, whether it was my situation, uh, you know, because of how I got into the league and coming from a grocery store and, and doing that, you know, maybe you take, uh, you know, a slower white receiver, which is uh, unconventional. And, you know, those guys having success or a guy like Tim Tebow, who doesn't necessarily do it the way everyone does it, yet still finds a way to have success when all of us analysts and all of us experts say, you just can't win this way. You know, athletes are too good, and you have to be able to throw the ball, and you have to be able to put pressure on the defense. And yet he's still finding ways to be successful, and that's what makes him polarizing. It's not just all the dynamics, but the fact that he's proving it to such a degree. I mean, you know, to, to win five straight and to win five out of six and to do it with, you know, two completions one game. I mean, it's just all of those things, I think, adds into the lore that is, Tim Tebow and, you know, why everybody is drawn to him. And then you add, you know, the character and the person that he is and, and the fact that you want to cheer for him and you want him to be successful. Uh, and then you have the purest of the games, uh, you know, the drop back guys like myself that go, man, you know, this is hard to watch because I'm so used to, you know, throwing from inside the pocket. So you have all those dynamics from the outside. But from a fantasy standpoint, I, you know, the thing that you guys know better than I do is that, you know, it's all about success, and it doesn't matter how you have that success. You know, if you can have the success passing and running in a game, that's going to bode even better. If you can have rushing touchdowns as well as passing touchdowns, I mean, those guys are the guys that become important. You know, you get a running back that not only runs it out of the backfield, but you get a guy that catches a lot of passes too because it gives you, you know, that, that two-edged sword that, that can score for you. And that's exactly what Tim Tebow is, is that, you know, anytime they get close – in the red zone, anything can happen. You know, you know he's going to have a hand in the touchdown. You know, if it if it's him running or if it's him passing, and I think that's what's great about a guy like Tim Tebow for fantasy football is he's going to get you points rushing, he's going to get you points passing, and he's going to find ways to score touchdowns for you either through the you know through the ground or through the air. Yeah, we're here again with Kurt Warner, who is again, in my opinion, one of the best for fantasy quarterbacks that we've seen in in the last decade or two decades. 
and someone who I expect to see in Canton sooner than later uh, because of his great, great career, and a guy who I love hearing talk about fantasy football. <laughs> and one last thing before we let you go, Kurt. Um, Aaron Rodgers is on pace to have just the most ridiculous season, not only in fantasy football, but in the National Football League. Is he your number one overall pick next year when you play in a league with Elliot and I and your kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, oof, that's a good point. I, you know, the thing is, is I, th- there's some really good quarterbacks out there, so I'm not sure he's my number one pick. He's uh, he's definitely up there from a quarterback standpoint. But you know, guys that I like, I like guys like Arian Foster. I mean, to me, this guy is amazing. The more I watch him on film, the more impressed I am with him because he catches balls out of the backfield and makes big plays. He's a dynamic running back. And I like those guys that that can do both things and get you points in two different ways. And so uh, as great as Aaron Rodgers is and Drew Brees and Tom Brady, love those guys. But but I I like the guys like, uh, like Arian Foster that can do multiple different things. Yeah, Kurt, you are thinking like a fantasy football expert already. It's funny that you mention Arian Foster because I talked to Marshall, and I said, Marshall, which running back in the league reminds you most of yourself? And he said, Arian. Really? Uh, yeah, it really he did. He said, Arian Foster. Me. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, he, uh, you know, Marshall was a guy that we could do so many different things with. Um, and, and so that's, uh, that's probably why I have an affinity to guys like that when I watch them, because I understand how they can change the full complexion of a game. Kurt, I've, I've got one random question. I'm just testing your memory here. What was the play call on the touchdown pass to uh, Ricky Prohl against the Bucks in the championship? You still remember the play call? Oh, wow. Um, I, you know, I don't remember the play call because actually what happened in, on that play was it was what we call a side adjustment, that Tampa Bay brought a safety blitz. And so the, the touchdown pass and, and the go route that we ran was actually an adjustment from the original play. So I'm not even actually sure what the original play gotcha. was. But, it was an adjustment to uh, to a go route, but I can tell you the touchdown pass in the Super Bowl to win it was nine ninety nine H balloon. I can tell you that. To, there to you Bruce. go. I, I love that. Hey, will you give Elijah a message for me? I will. Tell him there is no way, no way the Jets lose to the Tyler Palco led Chiefs. Will you no please way. tell okay. him? No I'll way the him. Jets lose to he, the Chiefs. He will be excited to hear that. Very excited <laughs> to, to hear that. Tell the kids I said hi, and we appreciate right. you coming on. Thanks, Kurt. Will appreciate Thanks it. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We have we have to break now. NFL Fantasy Live Series Two Ten XM eighty seven. We're on every Wednesday at twelve o'clock Pacific. But for now, it's your fantasy fix. NFL Fantasy Live. Elliot Harrison joined Michael Fabiano. You just heard Kurt Warner, and you just heard a little Queensrÿche. Queensrÿche, so good. That Operation Mindcrime CD was one of the best heavy metal, hard rock, whatever you want to call it, CDs of all time. And that they got me into like Dream Theater and. Fate's Warning. I know you don't know Fate's Warning. Is there actually a band from my home state in Connecticut? But, you are um, stuck in 1990. I, I hate the music that's out now, man. I mean, some of it's okay, but like rap and dance, forget about it. I can't deal with it. I just, I am who I am, my friend. Give me a little Motley Crue and Wildside, and I'll be happy. Who would have been the number one overall fantasy pick in oh, 1991? Here we, here we go. Oh, God. Are you kidding me, man? My memory isn't that good. No? No. My 1991, it would probably be, honestly be Randall Cunningham because 1990 is that year that he just completely blew up and had 900 yards but rushing. It, it wasn't. It, it was great back in that day though because you had featured backs and none of this backfield committee stuff that just makes your makes your hair fall out because you can't figure out who they have to start every week. It, it's kind of an interesting question though because seriously, Randall Cunningham would have easily been the number one overall pick. He had 900 something yards rushing. He had I don't remember maybe 3,800 yards passing. I had Cunningham was, in 98. 
Oh, well, he was great in 98, too. Oh, he was too, great. But, but by 98, he was more of a, you know, he's a pocket guy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, you know, leaping over guys. But the opening game of 91, uh, I think they played Green Bay in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Bryce Pop. You remember Bryce Pop? I do. He uh, tore Cunningham's knee up. So if you were that guy that drafted Cunningham, number one overall, you wish you had taken Barry Sanders or Thurman Thomas <laughs> instead. But Man, the, uh, I'll tell you, my, my, my memory back then is so... You have this this gift, uh, and it's not for batting your eyes and making the lady smile. <laughs> it is for your memory of all things NFL. And Elliot is among the best that I've ever met at pulling out the most unbelievable plays from 30 years ago and knowing exactly what play was called and who caught the pass and who missed the tackle. You're unbelievable. Thanks, man. I have. I I I don't have the brain for that. To keep the Christmas theme, I appreciate that, Clark. <laughs> you do remember the play to Ricky Prohl, though, don't you? To beat the Bucks in oh, the no, championship I, yeah. game. Oh, that, no. that play yeah. was that. amazing. By the way, our phone number eight 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 XM Fantasy eight 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 nine six three. 2682 is cool having Kurt Warner on. Of course, we had Tory Hold on mm-hmm. earlier in the year. We had Marshall Falk. We've had three members of that. And that that's I know unusual. all we need is Isaac Bruce. That's yeah. it. And we've got them all. I right? know. Oh, we need Kevin Dyson. Uh, Kevin Dyson wasn't a Ram. What are you talking no, about? No, he, he was the receiver that got tackled I know. at the. No, uh, then we would need Mike Jones if we keep with all the Rams because he's the one who held Dyson from crossing the goal line there. Speaking of the Rams, just to follow up on Sam Bradford, I mean, going forward, you're not playing Sam Bradford in the playoffs. He's hurt. Mm hmm. Bradford, what fantasy value does he have next year? Does he even get drafted? Yes, no doubt about it. Let the Rams make some moves to improve their offensive line, get him some more weapons. Brandon Lloyd's actually been a pretty nice acquire, you know, acquirement that they had, uh, um, acquisition, not acquirement, since uh, my, my brain's not working so well. And Lloyd has been good. Um, let him have some get some talent, and, and sort of now he's – Going to have a full year with McDaniels. I wonder if he gets drafted, though, Fabs, in a 10-team league. I, he will. I think he will. You think he will. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take some callers. Will. Is that okay with you? I feel like taking some Whatever, callers. I, listen, I love taking callers. This is what I'm here to do is try and help. Matt in Sacramento, what do you got? Thanks for taking my call. I got uh, six running backs. I need to pick three. It's for a 10-team non-PPR. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got Michael Bush, DeMarco Murray, uh, Steven Jackson, Beanie Wells, LeGarrette Blunt, which will be tough to convince me to play, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Marion Barber. And you could take three of those guys? Yeah, I need well, three I think, of them. I think I, Wells is a sit automatically. I'll tell, I'll tell you right now, it's Michael Bush, it's Murray. DeMarco Murray, and it's LeGarrette Blunt. And I know you don't like LeGarrette Blunt. Believe me, I'm not a fan of him either. I, I tottered him up and down last week, and it wasn't his fault. Well, he blamed everybody else. He played Josh Johnson in the offensive line, but... Um, when your team is behind, you're going to lose carries, and that's what happened to Blunt. But he's got a better matchup. I, what do you think about Steven Jackson up no, in Seattle? he has a terrible, terrible track record against the Seattle Seahawks. If you look at his numbers, and I'm going to pull them up right here, Steven Jackson, number one, he's posted 16 fantasy points combined in his last three games. And against the Seahawks, he's averaged 62 rushing yards in their last five games. And in those games, he's had one rushing touchdown. And that offense could be... Tom Brandstater's team. Unbelievable. Right? Not to, not to Do mention... Do you think they're going to stop Steven Jackson, load the box up against him? 
I like him much more than I like Laguerre. Uh, I'm sorry, I like Laguerre Blunt much more than I like Stephen Jackson this week. Not to mention Seattle playing up there can always be a black hole, even for teams that you would think are far superior. Just mm-hmm. ask the Baltimore Ravens. Just to round out that list, Matt, uh, Marion Barber, I wonder how much play he's actually going to get. I think everyone's assuming he's going to get 25 carries. No, he's not going to get that. I don't see that. Khalil Bell is still there on the roster. I think they'll use him for some outside running. I think Barber is a 15-touch guy this I, week. Listen, Barber is a flex play, but he's sort of a desperation flex play because you lost Matt Forte or you need a running back. LeGarrette Blunt stunk last week statistically. It's not like the guy is an awful running back. He had 100 yards in two straight games before that. And... I just like the matchup better than with Steven Jackson uh, and, and Barber. And Wells and is Beanie not Wells a good against play. the Niners. Nope. I mean, how do you play him against San Francisco? Yeah. It's definitely Michael Bush, DeMarco Murray, and LeGarrett Blunt. Yeah. We have Sandy from Mississippi. Sandy, what's up? How are you, Sandy? Going. Good, you? All right. I'm down 20 points as a projection. And okay. so I need some big moves. Um, first of all, I have. Jennings and White is a PPR league, first of all. And I mm-hmm. have uh, I have Ryan as my quarterback, but I have Cam on the bench, and I'm debating between those two. I have Jennings and White as my wide receivers. I have Lynch and Halu as my running backs. And in my flex, I got Spiller and Tory Smith. But mm-hmm. on my bench, I have Blunt, Gore, and Steve Smith. Wow. Wow, your bench is... First off, uh, please put Cam Newton in your starting lineup yes. and never take him out again. Um, he is far and away better and superior in fantasy football than Matt, Matt Ryan is. Lynch, I think, is a fantastic start, as we mentioned, against the Rams. I would actually go with Frank Gore ahead of Roy Hallou, as good as Hallou has been. Maybe you move Hallou down to yeah, a take, flex spot. Take C.J. Spiller out of the flex and put Hallou there. And Steve Smith... He's sort of disappeared, but this is a PPR league. I'd bench Spiller, and I'd bench Torrey Smith. I think Torrey Smith is a good sleeper this week, but I'm not starting Torrey Smith over any one of Steve Smith, LeGarrette Blunt, or Frank Gore. But if you play Jennings and Roddy White at wide receiver, and then you flex Steve Smith, then that puts Halu on the bench. Right. So you're not going to— Well, you're no. Not... Well, Spiller on the bench and— Tory Smith on the bench. Right. These guys are out of the lineup. She's got two flex starts. Right. So it's, Oh, she has two. I didn't so, hear that. Right. So—, so and again, so you could so you could flex Halu and Steve Smith. So please start Lynch and Gore at running back. You've got uh, Roddy White and Greg Jennings as your wide receiver, and you take Matt Ryan out of your starting lineup, and you put Cam Newton in. I know. I hope she's been playing Cam because he's been phenomenal. But hey, she's still alive at this point, and we're in playoff time. So, but tell me when you good. weren't listening to that that you didn't think, man, the, the, the B team almost sounds better than that's the, what I'm thinking. Yeah, the, that's what I'm thinking. Team. Yeah, uh, Corey in Chicago. What's going on, Corey? Hey, guys, I appreciate your help. Uh, PPR League, it's a little different. We do five flex with a max of three running backs. Uh, I'm trying to decide between Peterson, Bradshaw, Mendenhall, Spiller, and Halu at my running backs. I have Jordy Nilsson, Des Bryant, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald as wide receivers. I also have Gates, Hernandez, and uh, Gonzo as tight end. Wow. Five, but, uh, yeah, so it's embarrassing riches, but I'm not sure to play. Well, is Peterson playing this week? If he is, if he is then you have to, you have to play him. Yep. Mendenhall, you have to play against the Browns because they stink. They're running defense. They're, they're, they're terrible. just terrible. I mean, Ray Rice and Ricky Williams had like a combined, what, 40 fantasy points last week. I like Kalu over uh, Bradshaw and Spiller. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And at wide receiver, Nelson, if you have to sit one of Dez, 
Nelson and Fitzgerald. That's a tough one because I, the Niners uh, the Niners offer up the worst matchup in out of these three because Dez against fits. the Giants they've been terrible. Jordy's been great not I lately. Fitz. I sit Fitz. I'd probably sit Fitzgerald too. Uh, how about and, tight end though? Gates that, versus Hernandez. No, it's it's Gates. Hernandez has been lousy the last four weeks. It's Gates versus Gonzalez. I, it's Gates versus. I tell you what, Gonzalez has been awesome. I, I am so worried about Antonio Gates. He does not look right to me. Yeah, does he not look slow? I got to tell you, it, to me, it's it's Tony Gonzalez. He, the guy has been money every week. I'm fine with that. I every guess, week. I guess I was using that more as a jumping off point. And do Antonio Gates does not look. You know, now, this may be it. I mean, seriously, this this yeah. this could be it. I mean, you you always think, oh no no, they'll they'll get better. You know, mm-hmm. they're hey, acceleration doesn't come back in your thirties. You know, Antonio Gates no, has been I, in the league a long time. He, it, he he's on the he's on the down downward turn of it, of his career. There's no doubt about it. And next year, he might not even be a top five fantasy tight end. He, he'll he'll be close. Maybe, but you got Graham and you got Gronkowski, who are clearly the top two guys. You've got Witten up there. Uh, maybe Gates is five. Well, you you know. Gates and Witten around the same age, but one thing about Witten, you know, Witten right now is in his ninth year, but Witten never was fast. You know, that right. wasn't his game. I mean, Gates is the tight end that gets vertical. He's a guy that basically played like Jimmy Graham has mm-hmm. down in New Orleans. That yep. was never Jason Witten's game. Yep. So for Jason Witten to lose half a step, I, I don't know how much that affects his value. But Antonio Gates, I just wonder if this is the end. And he looks a little little bigger than he oh, yeah. typically has. He's put uh, on some weight. Oh yeah, Joe in North Carolina. What's going on? Hey, guys, really enjoy the show. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Three, three kind of sit-start questions. Uh, I'll start with quarterback uh, Carson Palmer, uh, Matt Moore. Uh, it's Carson Palmer, and, and we've been advocates of Matt Moore on this show. He's been very good. He was very good last week. But Palmer's got a great matchup against the Packers. They've given up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and I know his receivers are banged up. I'd like him a lot more if Jacoby Ford and Denarius Moore were back, but I still think Palmer, even with a thin receiving core, is the play there. I agree. What's the next one? Okay, uh, we'll go back to tight ends. Uh, This is a non-PPR league. Uh, Greg Olson versus Jermaine Gresham. Man, Olsen's been awful lately. He's been awful. Gresham has a very tough matchup in Houston, but I don't trust Greg Olson. I still play Gresham. Okay, I agree. With, I, I agree. Olsen's really disappeared lately. And you said you had one more? Yes, one more running back. Uh, do I dare play uh, Sean Green and hope for some touchdowns again? Or Jonathan Stewart. This is uh, it's my last gap in the lineup. I'm not. I'm not starting Jonathan Stewart against the no, Falcons' run it's, defense. It's He's Green. Been terrible. It's uh, absolutely Chiefs, Sean. Green. The Chiefs' run defense is not that great. Uh, Stewart, not a great play. Clearly, D'Angelo Williams isn't either. Uh, we have to break, but uh, thanks for the calls, and we are going to take more calls. We also have the Fantasy Cantina coming up at the top of the hour. It's Love NFL it. The Cantina Fantasy Live. Fred Davis is in the slot on the right side. I'm around a quarterback draw. Good luck with that. Rex, it's a quarterback draw. And he got it in. Touchdown. Sonny with the call and the Redskins score. Number nine does it again. Now back to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. NFL Fantasy Live, Sirius 210, XM 87. And I can tell you from that side, full call, they're referring to Sonny Jurgensen former uh, 40-year-old quarterback for the Washington Redskins, one of the best pure passers of all time, and that leads me into some passers for this weekend. Fabs is starting sits. Column is up on NFL.com, 
And we played the Rex Grossman highlight because you have him as a sleeper this week. Yeah, if you are desperate, and I mean desperate for a quarterback because nine times out of ten you're not going to want to start Rex Grossman on your fantasy team in the first week of the play- playoffs. But listen, Dan Orlowski had 20 fantasy points against the Patriots last week. 20. Dan, Dan Orlowski. Orlowski off of the off of the you know the Barca lounger at his house eating Cheetos. He's 20 fantasy points against the Patriots. That tells you how bad their defense Mason is. Nice throws, even though it was garbage time. Grossman scored 16 or more fantasy points in two of his last three games, not including last week, of course, because he had a stinker against the Jets. But if you need a quarterback, and he is available in a lot of leagues on NFL.com, uh, you could do worse based on the matchup. I also, obviously, Matt Stafford is a great play. Two touchdowns over the last couple of weeks. Don't worry about that. Don't lose faith. The Vikings have given up more fantasy points to quarterbacks than any team in the National Antoine Football Winfield League. out for the year. Right. Uh, Eli Manning, I love him against the Cowboys. Throw the numbers out the window with that game. Romo and Eli should both have big games. Rivers is back. Great game on ja- against Jacksonville on Monday night. Playing the Bills. Bill play struggled. the matchup. And Carson Palmer against the Packers. I'd like Palmer a heck of a lot more if the receivers were healthy. But he's still getting the job done. Five starts, four times over 15 fantasy points. And much like Rex Grossman, Rex Grossman, if you need a quarterback, Joe Flacco's playing the Colts. And he's been dropped in a lot of leagues because literally he's deserved to be dropped in a lot of leagues. But the Colts have given up 21 touchdown passes, the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Again, I'm not guaranteeing success, but the matchups are favorable. Yeah, Joe Flacco, I, I get absolutely hammered on uh, my power rankings on NFL.com. They're up right now, actually, and I get hammered for Flacco. Joe Flacco is completing 55% of his passes. And somebody said, well, Tim Tebow is completing a lot less than that. Yeah, but Tim Tebow can make plays with his legs. He can run over a linebacker. Yeah. Joe Flacco needs to be a 62 to 64% completion guy, and he hasn't been. He's really struggled. How about some of your sits real quick? You know, it's it was hard to find guys to sit down this week, but Matt Ryan doesn't have a very good matchup against the Panthers, nor does he have a good history against them over the last couple of seasons. Mark Sanchez, don't like him against the Chiefs. Matt Hasselbeck. I'd bench him, and Ben Roethlisberger, to me, is a real risk on Thursday night. I know the Browns haven't played a lot of good quarterbacks, but this is not a good matchup. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, I think he's going to be doing a lot of handing the ball and then belly of his running backs. But Fantasy Cantina is coming up in our next segment, NFL Fantasy Live, Series 210, XM87. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 